Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I worked for an oil field company in, in Odessa, Texas. Uh, I was actually still working for them whenever I moved up here. They let me keep my job for a little while. But back then I was in inside sales and it was around the middle of December. And um, my boss came, it was just two of us that worked there. I was in inside sales and then the store manager was the outside salesman. And I was getting ready to close up at five o'clock and, and my boss walks in and he just didn't look right. Um, I, I don't really know how to describe it. He just wasn't his same self. He was always kind of immaculately dressed, you know, his buttons lined up with his, you know, with his belt buckle and, you know, and, and he was just like disheveled and like half of his shirt was hanging out and he had his belt off and over his shoulder. And like, I, I don't even know where he had put his hat whenever, I mean, he had it when he walked in, but he, he never took his hat off for anything except eating and praying. But uh, anyway, he came in there and he said, man, I just have a headache so bad. I'm like, man, you know, you, you don't look too good. And he said, oh, I'll be okay, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and head to the house. And, 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 and this dude was one of these, I, I'm one of those guys that want to start at five o'clock in the morning and get off at three. And he was one of those that wanted to start at 1030 and stop at 830, you know, at night. And so uh, for him to leave early, you know, I, I knew he wasn't feeling good. So I said, yeah, man, get out of here. And so he wore glasses and he had been gone about five minutes. And I happened to walk out of my office and sitting on our sales counter was his glasses, his belt and his hat. And I was like, something is not right. So I called him. He'd been gone about five, maybe 10 minutes. And he answered. Hello? I said, hey, man, where you at? He said, I don't know. Said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. He goes, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I'm at, but there's somebody beating on my window and yelling at me. I said, what? He said, yeah, he says that I hit him. And I said, I said, where are you? He goes, I, I don't know. And I said, look on the street corner and there should be a green sign. And he goes, there's no green signs around here. And, and I knew just the, the, the cadence of his voice, something was bad wrong. So, so I told him, I, 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 said, I said, hand the phone to the guy that's beating on the window. He goes, he's mad. <laughs> I said, well, I'll talk to him. <laughs> And so he rolled down the window and, and this guy goes, hello. And I said, hey, man, I said, what's going on? He said, this dude, this guy sideswiped me driving down 2nd Street in Odessa. And I said, man, I, I don't know what's going on, but he claimed he had a bad headache. I just called him. He left his glasses here. He left his belt here. He left his hat here. I've never seen him without those things in my life. And he said, yeah, he's, he's acting way funny. I said, where are you? He said, we are by a maintenance shed in the back of the Ector County or Odessa Country Club. We're by a maintenance shed. He had driven and just started wandering off and he was in the backside of a golf course. And this guy had followed him and I said, man, I said, listen, I said, I don't know what's going on. I will give you our insurance. I, I will do everything. I'm headed there right now. 
uh, hold on to his phone. If it rings, you know, answer it in case I can't find you. I'll take care of everything, but we got to get him to a hospital. He said, okay. And he was really nice. So, so I called my wife and I said, Hey, I said, I don't know what's going on, but my boss, and I, I don't want to say his name because we're on the radio in, in Odessa. <laughs> and anyway, so I, I said, uh, I said, my, you know, my boss is, is the, and I told her the situation. He goes, oh my gosh, you know, I hope he's okay. Go take care of him. So I get out there and he's barricaded himself back in his truck. And I finally get him out and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to take him. I said, I said, dude, you're sick. And he goes, he needs to go. And the other guy said, he needs to go to the hospital. And, 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 and my buddy wigs out. My boss wigs out. He's like, I ain't going to no hospital. You know how cowboys are, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to take you to see your wife. Well, his wife was going to be at the hospital. She was going to meet us there, right? So I was technically not lying. I said, no, I'm going to take you to your wife. He goes, okay. So he gets in and I make him buckle up and I gave the guy my insurance. And so I'm driving along. Well, I, I have to call the owner of the company, right? Because I mean, one of his employees in a company truck is just sideswiped somebody. And so, so I, I call Kelly and I'm like, this is what's going on. Kelly is wigging out. What's going on? Rah, rah, rah. He's like, he's like, do you have him with you right now? And I'm like, yes. And, and, and my boss is sitting over there in the other seat and, and he's just disoriented and he's just saying stuff. He's like, where are we going? Where are we? You know? And, and I'm trying to talk to, to, to the owner of the company he goes, where are you taking him? And I said, I'm going to take him to get checked out. Cause I don't want to say the H word. Right. And he's like, well, where, where's he going to get checked out at? And I said, I'm taking him somewhere where we can get him some help. And he goes, but where are you taking him? And I said, I'm taking him to the H O S P I T A L. And he goes, you're not taking me to no hospital and tries to jump out of the truck. The only thing that kept him in the truck was the seatbelt. And then with the door open, he's trying to get the seatbelt off. And I've got my hand over the button talking to Kelly on the phone. And I'm fixing to sideswipe everybody. Right? And I finally hung up on the owner and said, I got to call you back. So I, oh, I got crazy. And so anyway, luckily, whenever we got to the emergency room, his wife was there. No, no, I take that back. She wasn't there yet. She wasn't there yet. She, she got there shortly after, but I pull up to the emergency room and he won't get out of the truck. I'm like, dude, we got to go in here. Your wife's in here. And he's like, this is a hospital. I ain't getting out of here. And so I walk in to the hospital and I walk up to the little nurse's station. And I said, uh, I don't know what to do because I can't get my boss out of the truck, but he needs medical treatment. And they're like, if he doesn't want to get out, we, we can't do anything. And so anyway, there was a long exchange. And finally I got with some cops and we got over there and his wife got there about that time and coaxed him out. And so anyway, I still have to go get the truck from, you know, out there behind the country club and all of this stuff is going on. And so I want to make sure that my boss is okay. And so I said, you know how it is with emergency rooms. They have to run CAT scans and they have to do this and they have to do that. And so I'm, I'm constantly keeping, you know, my wife, I'm like, cause she's like, keep me informed. So, you know, I call her again and I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, 
we, we, we got him to the emergency room and they're, they're doing a CAT scan right now. And she's like, okay, do you have any idea when you'll be home? No, honey, I don't. She goes, okay, okay. And so anyway, after he does the CAT scan and they, they give him some medicine to kind of calm him down from wanting to whip everybody and stuff. And I go in there and I hold his hand and, you know, just kind of tell him that we love him and they're going to get him checked out. And then his, his son gets there. So I said, Hey, will you help me go get the truck and we need to get it back up to the shop? He's like, yeah. So, you know, hours go by in all of this. And so we get his truck and his son is driving his truck and we're going back up to the shop to lock it up. And I call my wife for the third time. And I said, Hey honey, she goes, Hey, what are you doing? I said, we just went and got my boss's truck and we're taking it back up to the uh, shop to put it in there. She goes, okay, well, do you have just a second? And I said, sure. She goes, okay. And there was a pause. And then I hear 50 people say, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. She, I told you it was the middle of December. It was actually my birthday. And she had thrown a surprise birthday party for me. Starting at like everybody's going to be there at like 545 because I didn't get home till six. Those people had been there for like four and a half hours waiting on me to get home. My boss is dead now. He died last year of liver cancer. And he never, ever, ever knew about that. Even when he fired me, even when he yelled at me and fired me and threw me out of the building, not one time did I ever say, well, what kind of no account are you? Did you know that blah, 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 blah? And don't think it didn't cross my mind. Don't think it didn't cross my mind. But he never, his wife didn't even know about that. We're talking, we're in part two of a series called Unfair. Of you know, Living the Christian life sometimes seems unfair. And to you religious people that want to send me messages on social media and email, you know, criticizing me for calling Christianity unfair when we decide to do it. Shut up. Okay. I know it, it seems unfair. I didn't say it was unfair. Good grief. Throat punch people in God's name. It just seems unfair sometimes because that's not the way the world operates. Right. It, it, it just, it, it's, it's a Christ-like way of living. And, and sometimes it doesn't seem unfair. Last week, we talked about our relationships with others. You know, Jesus said to love your enemies. You know, bless those who persecute you. And, and, and we talked about all of those things that, man, is contrary or contradictive to the way that, that, uh, that the way the world operates. But Jesus said, we're not of this world. So we got to act differently, right? And, and to the point that Jesus even said, we talked about it last week, that if you only love those that love you, you get absolutely no credit for that. He didn't say it was bad because we are supposed to love others, right? But if you only love those who love you, if you're only nice to those that are nice to you, you know, everybody's heard that. Well, I'll treat you like you treat me. Well, good. You just go for that, big boy. You just, you just live by that. And I'm telling you that when you stand in front of the big man, you'll get zero credit for that. Absolutely nothing. It's like when people say, well, I take care of my kids. You should. 
You don't get credit for taking care of your kids, okay? You should take care of them. But just as Jesus says that, that you don't get credit for loving only those that love you, here's the thing. Jesus also said it is better to give than to receive. It is better to give than to receive. And today we're going to talk about giving that counts with God, okay? Now, for y'all that are bracing, and I can already see it, this is not a sermon on tithing, okay? I'm not talking about that type of giving. I'm talking about it is better to give than to receive. The first one, the first type of giving that counts with God is unknown giving. Not just anonymous, but when the other party is absolutely oblivious to what you've done. Absolutely oblivious. You know why that counts with God? Because that's how God gives to us. Did you know that for every prayer that you think was not answered, for all the times that you've prayed for something and you didn't think it happened and you get all pissy about it, God doesn't listen to me. You know how many times God has blessed you for things and answered prayers that you didn't even know you should pray about? God does things for you every single day that you have zero clue about. We don't know how many times he has protected us without us praying for travel mercies. God, protect us while we travel. <laughs> He's not going to allow an 18-wheeler to hit you just because, wow, crud, you know, Kevin didn't pray for travel mercies. Ah, it's dumb. Okay. We don't have a clue how he miraculously kept the refrigerator running because he knew we didn't have the money to replace it, Right. There's thousands of things that I believe that God loves us every single day and he takes care of us. He loves us with a love that we cannot fathom. And all we can think about is how hard our life is and we've got, we've got angels protecting us. You know how I know? Because you're still here. Especially if you're a cowboy because we should have died like 40,000 times Amen. yesterday. <laughs> You should have seen the ranch roping. You know how many, <laughs> that is, it shouldn't be called ranch roping. It should be called wreck avoidance mastery because it's all a wreck. You know, you got 120 feet of rope. You got three cowboys, three horses and 10 head of cattle. <laughs> Everybody should die, but they don't because God loves us. God is con constantly looking out for us and we are oblivious to it. That's why the Bible tells us to be thankful. Unknown giving may seem unfair when you do something for somebody and they have zero clue. They're not thankful for it. They didn't thank you for it. Nothing. Unknown giving may seem unfair to not get credit for what you've done. But God knows what you did. In Matthew chapter 6, 1 and 2, Jesus says, Watch out. Don't do your do good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I'll tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. Seems unfair sometimes, but it's God's way. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus called himself the visible representation of an invisible God. He said, if you've seen, if you've seen me, you've seen God. He wants us to be Christ-like. This is a way to do it with unknown giving. The second type of giving that counts with God is inconvenient giving, inconvenient giving. It's easy to give when it suits you, but it's another thing when it inconveniences you. I had a friend recently that uh, they've been helping some people and uh, 
my friend, she prayed to have a servant's heart. And, the, and they had done, uh, uh, by worldly standards, they had gone above and beyond already. And then uh, the husband called the wife and said, hey, you need to go over to the neighbor's. Uh, her, her toilet is clogged, single lady, widowed lady, and unclog her toilet. I, I can't get there. And so my friend that had been praying about becoming a servant <laughs> gets to go serve, gets to go serve. Now, it's one thing to unclog your own toilet after Taco Bell. It's a whole nother type of game to go unclog somebody else's toilet, right? She got over there. And the lady was embarrassed, older lady. She couldn't do it herself. And my friend <laughs> who didn't want to do that at all. I mean, can you think of anything less that you would like to do, you know? And she did it. And walking back to her house, she said, I can't believe that that's something that I didn't want to do, but how much God has blessed me from that. See, a lot of times when, when, when we only do things for people, when it's convenient, and we don't mind doing it, that's one thing. But man, when, when we can do something, when it's the last thing on earth that we want to do, man, that, that's, when it, that's when it means something to God. Me and Ty were, were, were talking about this recently. There's a picture that I have on Facebook. And I said, this is what you know, everybody thinks that me and Ty does. And it shows us out at the ranch when we had a, a service out there and we're baptizing a guy and we had just brought him up. And Ty's like, cheering and I'm hugging the dude and it's like all woo right somebody entered the kingdom of God man reborn new birth we get to witness it that's what everybody thinks we do but what they didn't see is that evening there was a storm and on Monday morning me and Ty's out there picking up the porta potty that had blown over that's what real ministry is is Monday morning not Sunday morning it's not always convenient in Romans chapter 15 Paul says we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. You want to know the giving that counts with God is unknown giving. When, when they don't even know what you've done. Not just anonymous, but like they, they, they don't even know to say thank you. You know what giving that counts with God is inconvenient giving. When it's the last thing that you want to do. Inconvenient giving may seem unfair, but remember what C.S. Lewis said. And if this doesn't mash your toes, we need to talk. Surely what a man does when he is taken off his guard is the best evidence for what a sort of man he is. <laughs> let, let me read that one more time for y'all that we're going, I'm not listening. Surely what a man does, maybe we could say when he is inconvenienced, is the best evidence of what sort of man he is. Man, that, that was like an arrow to my heart this morning. The third type of giving that counts with God is sacrificial giving. If giving doesn't cost you everything, then you don't get anything. You know, we have a saddle maker. His name is Taylor Etheridge. He lives in Fallon, Nevada. And he's been working on getting some stuff up. He wanted to give his life to God and use his gifts, his time, talent, and treasures for, uh, for God's glory. And you want to know why I allowed him to become Save the Cowboys saddle maker? It's not because... He's exceptional. He's not bad. Actually, I think he's made less than a dozen saddles. There's people that probably made a dozen saddles maybe last year. He's only got about a dozen saddles under him. But at the time when I started talking to him, he had made seven, I believe. I ride number eight, and he'd never sold a saddle. 
He was a working ranch cowboy, and he would buy all of the materials, the tree, everything. And he would make these saddles, and he would give them to cowboys that either their tree broke or they had their, their tax stolen, or maybe they just earned such low wages that they couldn't afford a handmade saddle. He'd never sold a saddle. He'd given away seven saddles. I was the eighth saddle that he gave away out of his personal pocket as a working ranch cowboy with four kids. He was making these saddles and giving them away because he said, I never had a handmade anything. That's sacrificial giving. In Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus calls his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions for they gave a tiny, a tiny part of their surplus. But as she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Mark 12, 41 through 44. In a world obsessed with greed, sacrificial giving may seem like an unfair request from the Lord. But I'm not trying to guilt you into giving. I'm trying to guide you to God. These have been his words, not mine. And finally, the last giving that counts with God is grace giving. Grace giving. Grace is giving to those who don't deserve it by those who don't have to do it. Think about that. Grace is giving, giving something. Grace is giving something to someone who doesn't deserve it by someone who doesn't have to do it. That's what grace is. It's what God did when he sent his son. He gave his son to those of us who do not deserve it. And he didn't have to do it. He did not have to do it. You know, the other day I get thousands of friend requests on Facebook and this one popped up. And usually when I don't know them, it just says no mutual friends or it'll say one or two. And I usually click on the mutual friends to kind of see where the connection is. And, uh, I didn't know this guy and I clicked on the connection. It was some guy, some people from Big Lake, one of them being one of my best friends. And so I was like, man, I, I think I should know this guy, but, but, I, but I don't. So I messaged Cleon, my friend, and I said, hey, who, who is so-and-so? And he messaged me right back. He goes, hey, man, don't you remember? And he kind of explained to it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember who that is. So, so I accepted this other guy's friend request right away. When Cleon told me who it was, yeah, I'll accept it. And then Cleon told me, he said, yeah, he friend requested me a little while back. He dropped the N-word about four or five times. Now, Cleon is black. He said he dropped the N-word about four or five times to see if he could get a response out of me. But I never even acknowledged it. And I said, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? I just accepted his friend request. And this is what Cleon said. You want to talk about another shot to my heart? This is what Cleon told me. Nah, man, maybe he needs some positivity in his life. And maybe the only place he'll get it is with us. Guys, that's grace right there, man. That is grace. And it didn't come from me. It came from Cleon. And I'm constantly amazed at at how how giving some people can be of giving grace instead of anger and and getting mad. And, you know, I had some stuff happen last night and this morning that, man, brass knuckle throat punch people. But I didn't. It's hard to give grace. In James 2.13, the half-brother of Jesus says this, There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. 
But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. You want mercy? You got to give it out. Grace given. You got to give to those who don't deserve it when you don't have to give it. The giving that counts with God. Grace, actually, I think grace means unfair. It is unfair what God did for us, and it will be unfair what we do for others if we are treating others and loving others as Christ loved the church, as he commanded us to love others. We as Christians say that we have surrendered our lives to God. I mean, that, that, that's like the, look, <laughs> that's kind of like the deal, right? You give your life, you, you surrender your life to God. But it has my, been my experience that the last thing surrendered is our giving is our unknown giving, is our inconvenient giving, is our sacrificial giving, is our grace giving. That's usually the last thing that we surrender to God. You may get to heaven without giving, but you can't be blessed here on earth, not truly blessed by God without it. Giving is not something that you need to pray about. Listen, there's a lot of things we should be praying about, but if God already told you to do it, you don't have to pray about doing it. If God tells you to love others, you shouldn't have to pray about whether you should love somebody else or not, okay? God said to give grace, to give mercy because mercy was given to you. We don't have to pray about giving somebody else mercy. Giving is not something you need to pray about. You don't have to pray about what God has already told you to do. And remember, the scariest verse in the Bible is when Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, but yet you don't do what I say? Let's go to him in prayer. God... We're not praying on whether or not we should give, but we pray for the courage to do so. The courage to lay down ourselves, lay down our independence, lay down our greed, lay down our convenience and start living the lives that you commanded us to live. This life you tell us to live may seem unfair at times, but so is the blessing we receive from doing it. A blessing not just here on earth, but one that will last for eternity. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.